asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're asking the question, what's more important, earning more or spending less? Yeah, Joe, when it comes to saving money, I feel like you've got two sides of the coin, right? You've got earning more money or you've got spending less money. And here's the thing is I don't think it's really a debate. <laughs> like you hear this and you think, okay, obviously we're going to debate it. But when it comes to individuals... Oh, yeah, we are. Oh, yeah. We're, we're definitely going to debate it. But, it's going to uh, be almost as riveting as one of those presidential <laughs> debates we had a couple months back. Which we're not at all. It'll be just <laughs> as chaotic. <laughs> but that, that's the thing. It's not a debate because I think a lot of times we tend to think of one of those over the other, right? Like we kind of have a natural sort of default that we, that we go to. And that's the whole point of this episode is that we're going to challenge folks to kind of get out of that framework of thinking, right? We're, we're going to try to expand people's mental boundaries a little bit. And hopefully that'll mean that individuals out there will, will be able to save more because we're going to encourage them to think about something like this in a way that they haven't before. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah. I, I feel like this is a question. It's almost like an existential question in the personal finance community and where you come down in this debate tells a lot about you. And <laughs> yeah, because it does kind of come down to personality right, to, yeah. to a certain extent, right? Sure. We're going to talk uh, about that too in this yeah. episode. It, it's just kind of a fascinating topic. 
topic. And so keep listening because Matt and I have uh, just a lot of thoughts on this topic and, and which one you should prioritize um, and what that looks like then in your life. But Matt, before we get to that, I wanted to let you know that my oldest daughter, Selma, she's seven. She's been saving up money for, for quite a while. Uh, based on the, the work that she does around the house, she typically earns $3 a week. And the, nice. thing, the thing that she wanted to buy was a smartwatch. <laughs> and, no way. Yeah. And so uh, Emily and I, neither of us have smartwatches. So she is now the first member of our family to have a smartwatch. <laughs> it, it fortunately is not internet connected. Um, okay. That's what I was going to ask next. No. Is she able to like text with you or, you know, like kind of do a little phone call from her wrist kind of thing, like a Dick Tracy thing? No, no. So it's <laughs> not, not quite that advanced, but you know, she, she can play some games. And actually the cool thing is it does kind of push kids in the direction of getting outside and running around. So that's kind of cool. Like some physical activities. Counts the steps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. stuff like that. But we learned a lot in this process of getting her this smartwatch. And one, we learned that she can set a goal and stick to it, which was really cool. We that is kept cool. encouraging her in that direction. Like, hey, it's going to take you a while to save up for this thing, but you can do it. And she finally got there. Uh, but when we were at the store buying the watch, we actually saw it. It was on sale. And I, we thought she had the money. But when we when we got home, it turned out she was a few dollars short. So she actually had like $36. And uh. so, yeah, we were like, uh, we were just trying to decide, well, do we give her the watch even though she doesn't have the money? We bought it with our money, right, at the store. And so we actually uh, quickly taught her uh, another personal finance lesson about debt and contracts. <laughs> <laughs> Did you put her, you put her on a payment plan for yeah. that remaining $4? Exactly. Exactly. So I coerced her essentially into helping me wash the Annualize car. Annualize, This is actually 300%. This is a terrible deal. <laughs> I didn't set her up on a payday loan. Uh, but but we did say, we, we literally had her sign a contract saying that you know the next time she earned money from a chore, that that money was going directly to mom and dad. And it's not going gonna, to your bank. It is not money that you're going to be able to see. Ex- exactly. This is daddy's money. <laughs> and then she also had to help me um, you know, wash and vacuum out the cars. And so that that was just kind of a way that we could say, you know, like mommy and daddy messed up on that one. We thought you had enough and you didn't. Um, and that's that's our fault. But at the same time, there's something that has to be done if you don't have all the money that's required to buy this watch. And so, yeah, it was kind of interesting to walk through that with her. Also shows that I'm not always 100% buttoned up on money or my kids' money. <laughs> like I'm doing my best out there, but sometimes we screw up. Um, but there are always ways to help teach your kids about money. And e- even when you mess up, even when you don't do it 100%. Nice, man. That's that's super cool. I think it's really cool that she was able to set a goal like that and continue to work towards that. Because I think with you know with our kids at this age, at least for for us, that's the biggest sort of hurdle is to you know for them to maintain that focus, for them to continue working towards a specific goal, not getting sidetracked by some of the other things that kind of pop up that they say they now want instead. Uh-huh. It's like, well, if you do this, that's going to really you know set you back a few weeks, maybe a couple months, where you won't be able to get that that bigger item. I know, like Evie kind of keeps talking about like smartphones like iPhones and <laughs> she's like daddy your phones it's it's pretty magic you know just like how things pop up there I feel like she's kind of starting to prime the pump a little bit maybe trying to get Kate and I uh, used to the idea of her having a phone but she has no idea how expensive those things are <laughs> <laughs> but but if she's really interested in it like that's something we can talk through you know it's, it's whatever it is that you can get your kid to latch on to the idea of saving money to, to achieve a goal um I think almost anything is fair game to teach that lesson, but I am not willing to go there yet. But uh, but yeah, glad Wait, you mean, you mean get her a smartphone? Not ready for that? Right. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's years down the road. I think th- those Some are people do that though, and that's fine. I mean, yeah. different folks have different priorities, and it just depends on what you're trying to teach your kids. But yeah, that's not something that we're willing to do just yet. Well, I, I think that's yeah. That that comes down to more than money. It doesn't matter if Selma saves up enough money to buy that. It's just we're not allowing that in our house for kids her age right now. Yeah. <laughs> because almost it's too much anything of a, is fair game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> too much of a distraction at that point. 
But but yeah, I agree. Any way you can incentivize your kid and kind of help them see how saving their money uh, instead of buying the the shiny object that's right in front of their face, how how saving their money can lead to buying something that's more meaningful and and something they're actually going to get more enjoyment out of. Because, yeah, I mean, especially as a kid, it's really easy to piddle your money away here or there. Um, and as parents, we have a responsibility, I think, to help our kids figure out what it looks like to set longer goals and to achieve those things by consistently saving. Um, and it's kind of fun to see the fruits of those efforts, too. Yeah. Speaking of fruit, Matt, let's get to the beer <laughs> that we're having on the show today. beer transition for everybody out there. Uh, this one's called Bad Bunny Pie. It's by Tripping Animals. And there are a bunch of different fruits in this one. There's black blackberry, cherry, peach, um, and then there's a couple other things, graham cracker, vanilla, and milk sugar. So this one should be interesting, man. Looking forward to having this one on the show with you today. But for now, let's get onto the subject at hand. We're asking a question today. What's more important, earning more or spending less? And th- there are two parts uh, of the equation when you're looking to, to save more money, Matt, right? Uh, but which one of these deserves more of our focus? Depending on your personality, you mentioned personality earlier on, you might find it easier to hone in on making more money without too much concern for being frugal. And other listeners, they're all about, give me more tips to increase my ability to live frugally. But they rarely give much thought to how they can increase their earnings in the coming years. Not surprisingly, Matt, you and I are going to discuss the importance of both of these areas in our financial lives today on the show. We'll talk about how to think about earning more and living frugally and finding a solid balance of incorporating both of these into our lives. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's perfectly understandable too that we might tend to to turn our focus towards like mostly one or the other. Even folks who strive to find balance in all aspects of their lives, they're going to lean a little more towards one, you know, possibly to the detriment of the other. Um, and, and, and that's where I think the real problem lies. And that's we all have natural talents and abilities that allow us to be better at certain things naturally, you know, but we need to make sure that we are looking at both sides of the equation. So that means, you know, the high wage earner out there who was uh, earning six figures straight out of college, they should be looking at ways that they could be spending less and leading maybe a less consumption focused lifestyle. But then for the frugal employee who's been earning the same wage for the you know the past five years, they should look to ways that they can begin to contribute more at work maybe and find ways to grow their income. There is likely room for a lot of growth by looking at the entire equation, you know, looking at you know what it is you're bringing in, what's going out. Like both of those things have an impact on the amount of money that you are able to save, and yeah, we want to make sure that we're looking at both of them. All right, so let's kind of cover both distinctively, and let's first talk about earning more and some of the advantages that come into play in your life when you focus a little bit more on that aspect instead of the saving more aspect. Uh, let's say you're someone who works in sales, or you're an entrepreneur who owns your own business. The great thing about earning more, well, it can feel like the sky is the limit, and and there aren't really any obstacles to keep you from earning a ridiculous salary, or just putting in a little bit more time and effort in order to score a whole lot more income really easily. There aren't necessarily a ton of folks in this position, but it can be really attractive (laughs) to people that are to be able to squeeze more money out of your day job because it just feels so easy. Yeah, it can be really exciting if there's no ceiling. (laughs) Right, yeah. There's no limit on what you can earn. And let's talk about your ability to, to meet your means, you know? Although making more doesn't directly correlate to greater financial freedom, it can, you know? Uh, but look no further than lotto winners, right? To see that a drastic rise in income won't fix all of your money woes. <laughs> yeah, there have been shows dedicated to that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but if you can earn more, like you can definitely meet your means uh, much more easily. And not only are you able to cover the basics, right? 
but you also now have the ability to enjoy other experiences and other things in life that are limited to those who can afford to to pay for those things. You know, I'm thinking of like say if you have big dreams to travel the world. Well, it costs a certain amount of money to travel the world. You know, uh, and even aside from experiences and big expenses like that, what if you have big goals or big dreams to be able to give away a large amount of your money? Well. You have to earn that much money in order to be able to, to give it away, and so the ability to earn more money uh, is going to be able to allow you to do some of these bigger things like this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think another really important advantage, an important thing to mention when we're talking about earning more and how that is good for our personal finances, is, is it offers us opportunity for personal growth. Often, uh, it's a lot of personal development that goes into the ability to earn more, and when you're growing as a person and your skills are increasing, it can be a boon to your long-term ability to continue to earn more if that's what you want to do. You can't really just decide to start earning more. Yeah, you actually <laughs> right. have to put in the work. It's not one of those things you can kind of conjure up uh, while you're sitting on your butt. And But then as you put in the work to learn and develop these new skills and talents in your life, well, you'll, you'll likely discover that you have some newfound freedom over the type of work that you get to do. Yeah, I do think it's interesting how like these different skills, whether it's skills or the networks we create, the communities, or, or even just the experiences that we gain, oftentimes lend themselves to making more money. It's sort of like this perpetual thing, you know? Uh, and so, I, yeah, I totally agree with that, man. Yeah, it can be enriching on a personal level and then also on a monetary level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we can't really talk about earning more without touching on the abundance mindset or the abundance mentality, as Stephen Covey calls it. In his book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen, he talks about how the abundance mindset flows out of a deep inner sense of personal worth and security. It's the paradigm that there is plenty out there and enough to spare for everybody. It results in the sharing of prestige, recognition of profits, of decision-making, and it opens possibilities, options, alternatives, and creativity. On one hand, it's a, a great way to think and a great way to kind of uh, approach the world. You know, it's the optimistic approach to your money uh, that you can always earn more. But at the same time, we know that if you subscribe to that way of thinking without considering some potential problems, uh, that could also leave you in a, in a tough spot. That's true. And that's what we want to talk about more is there are some drawbacks if we focus too hard on just the, the earning more side of the equation. And yeah, that's not a joke. There actually are drawbacks to, to yeah. focusing too much on earning more. I think people are like, what? What are you talking about? What's the drawback in earning more money? Well, we'll get to our thoughts on that right after this break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. 
rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. All right, we are back and we're kind of having a debate here about which is more important, right? Earning more or spending less money. And we're talking about earning more money right now. We talked about the advantages, you know, the pros, but let's talk about some of the drawbacks, you know. There are certainly a few instances where earning more is going to fall short. And one of those is when you have someone who is overly optimistic. You know, we kind of touched on this just before the break. Are you talking about me? I am kind of overly optimistic. Do you have that abundance mindset, Joel? (laughs) I Uh, call it a preponderance of abundance. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the thing is, though, like here's the problem, is when someone feels like that they can always earn more, regardless of how they spend their money, the ability to earn more isn't always going to be guaranteed. It's not always going to be an option for, for everybody. In particular, too, I think this mindset, it gets more fraught as you are climbing the corporate ladder and you know where each rung equals a boost in pay. Uh, and as we've seen during the pandemic, there are very few jobs that are 100% guaranteed to, to always be there. And so to think that, well, I can always earn more. I can always kind of out earn my dumb spending. That's, that's not a great way to think about things. Yeah, you're not 
planning for contingencies and for potential worst case scenarios when you're always banking on the fact that you can earn more. Right. And at some point that catches up to you, whether it's a furlough situation or, you know, a, an early retirement situation or something happens at home, you just have to be around more hours. You can't work as many hours as you used to. Uh, there are just all sorts of things that can happen. So yeah, the earning more side of the equation is great until it's not great anymore for so many people. Uh, yeah, another disadvantage of, you know, focusing too much on the earning more side of things, it can lead to overworking. Really, it can, it can lead to a lifestyle where people find themselves working way too much. Uh, before they know it, their entire identity is wrapped up in their work and their performance, and relationships can fall by the wayside even. And Matt, you mentioned the, the corporate ladder and the climbing the rungs. You can get in a mentality where that's the next greatest thing, is getting that next promotion, is getting that next raise. But there's just really no end in sight. Like The next one isn't as fulfilling as you hoped it would be, and and so then you look to the next promotion as the thing that will finally get you where you want to go. Earning more is great, but doing so at the expense of striking a solid balance is just not good for your mental state or for your financial life. Yeah, and a quick practical note as well. When you earn more money, guess what? You pay more income tax. I've heard that before. Uh, th- you know, And this isn't a reason to avoid earning more money altogether. You can maybe try to put a positive spin on it. <laughs> maybe you can play some mental tricks. Try to view you know paying taxes as a sign of success, obviously. But maybe you can think of it too as your ability to build up the country that you know makes your business possible, that makes your job or your salary, the company you work for, that makes that possible. But the thing is, like these are are all a few things to keep in mind when we're we're weighing between earning more and, and spending less money. But now, Joel, we've talked about earning more money. Let's talk about spending less. This is the second part of the equation. Yes, it is. All right, Matt, you just mentioned taxes, and that's an important consideration. Because when you are earning more, let's say you do get a a $20,000 raise, right? That'd be be a lot. Sounds dope. That'd be awesome. (laughs) But like you said, you do have to pay taxes on that. And so really, when it comes into your life, that could mean something more like a $14,000 raise, or or maybe even less, depending on what your tax rate is in your state and federal tax tax rate. Uh, But when you spend less, one of the greatest things is you get a dollar for dollar return. Taxes don't enter into the equation. And Ben Franklin, really smart uh, founding father, said, beware of little expenses. A small leak will sink a great ship. I like it. How true is that, right? (laughs) I mean, spending less in small situations can sometimes feel like a a burden. Why should I be sweating the small stuff? (laughs) You might ask yourself when you're looking specifically at the spending side. But too many small expenses, they really do add up and they create a major problem for us. So while earning more is, is I think, a great pursuit, um, at least to a certain extent, spending less is simultaneously crucial. So let's touch on some of the other advantages that come into our lives when we focus specifically on that. Right. Well, first, by spending less, not only are you able to invest that money now, but if you're able to maintain that discipline of keeping your consumption in check, that is an expense that you don't have to worry about later on down the road in retirement, right? That's how you kind of get this sort of double benefit. By not spending money now, you're able to then save that money. But also down the road, that's not an expense that hopefully you'll have to revisit. Uh, and so your prioritization of spending less just truly does impact your ability to save more and you know to be more prepared for your future just by needing and consuming less. But take that example, though, and kind of flip it, right? So say you're going to consume more now. Well, that's money that you can't save 
that's money that you're not going to invest. So that money isn't growing for you for the long term. And guess what? If you get used to spending that money now, and that's something you're also going to maintain in the long term, not only do you have less money for yourself in the future, but you also have more expenses. And so that would be maybe how instead of it being this double benefit, it's a double whammy. Double whammy. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Definitely a double whammy if you yeah decide to up your expenditures, spend less right now, um, because yeah, it's going to wreck the whole equation. Your days of watching game shows on TV while you pretended to be homesick from school are coming back to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, so the, the girls are actually off of school one day recently, and they went up to visit my grandma, and they ended up watching some Prices Right with her. <laughs> I mean, like, that's the best game show of all time. It's a classic. And my girls know it now. <laughs> I like it. Even with Drew Carey at the helm, man, he rocks. All right, uh, let's uh, talk more about spending less and why it's so important. It's such an important part of, of the equation. And spending less provides immediate gratification. You know, when we're talking about earning more, usually you got to put in uh, some serious time in order to reap the rewards um, and to be able to increase your pay. You might have to get an advanced degree or learn new skills in order to get that raise. Or you might have to put in more hours on the job site to increase your earnings. But when it comes to saving more, you can reap the benefits almost instantaneously by avoiding some of the normal purchase patterns you exhibited before. You'll start saving money now. The same is true for other ways that we can spend less. They don't typically require too much time or effort in order to reap those rewards. And especially when we're talking about recurring bills, Matt, that we can cut out of our lives or at least minimize right, by, by finding a cheaper service. That brief effort <laughs> provides an immediate reward and a reward that can last for a, a whole lot of time. Yeah, the ability, man, for you to make an immediate change to your money, the amount of money that you're able to save. You can't really replicate that when it comes to earning more. But when it comes to you know cutting your expenses, like that's something literally today you can immediately see more money in your account by not spending that money. Right. Like cutting <laughs> your own hair. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, you know, people are into it, right? I've actually thought about not even cutting my own hair. I'm thinking about kind of continuing the whole pandemic uh, long hair thing. What there do you, you think go. about that? Yeah, no, keep going, man. <laughs> All right, we'll revisit that in a few months and, and see how terrible things look. <laughs> I want you to go like Fabio <laughs> length or something. Uh, if only. <laughs> and also, man, there's maybe the obvious advantage of, of spending less money, which is participating less in consumption and consumerism. By doing that, we are able to bring less junk into our lives, which you know then takes up less space in our homes uh, that we then have to organize. And then that has a ripple effect too, because that's, that's less stuff that we have to maintain and then keep up with. If we get serious about spending less, it, it really does have this domino effect, which I think can create more mental sanity, greater happiness. Eventually, I think this should lead us to, to look to the things, and, and honestly, namely the people around us that can provide us you know, real meaning, real satisfaction. Instead of looking to all the stuff that we order online, you know, even maybe some of the larger purchases we make, like whether it be cars or homes, it's weird to think that, that saving more money, uh, specifically by spending less, can have an impact uh, at that deep of a level, but it really can. Yeah, it's not literally just that it helps your bottom line, but we think it's a better way to live by by cutting your spending and living more frugally. If we approach spending less from, from a healthy place and we're able to cut back, you and I both agree that, that the things that are meaningful begin to shine even more brightly, um, that, that our attention gets focused in the right direction when we're focused less on bringing more things in our lives and buying more stuff. 
Yeah, totally. And they begin to shine because we have more mental light to shine on those things. Yeah, <laughs> it's completely. not because they are uh, inherently less valuable before, but if we devote less attention and energy and of our in our time towards those things, uh, they do wane, right? And yeah. when we have more time, more mental space to invest in those people and those things, uh, you know, the, the better our lives are going to be. Yeah. And so these are some of the, I guess, the advantages to spending less. But we're going to also make sure that we get to the drawbacks of spending less and what we think you know, the, the ultimate solution is. And we'll get to that right after the break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. 
and you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, Matt, we're back to the break. Let's keep talking about spending less versus earning more. It's Let's an do it. Interesting topic, <laughs> and we've got more ground to cover here. And interestingly enough, it, it, it seems like the idea of spending less, like, can that ever cross a threshold? Can that ever become something that's bad if we put too much focus on that in our lives? Um, and a lot of people in the personal finance community would say no. Like, their frugality is... But you can always cut back a little bit more. You can always tighten the belt. Yeah. And a lot of people would say frugality is always good no matter what. And but we would say... You and I disagree. No. Yeah. <laughs> we would say that there are limits to fru- the ability for frugality to pay dividends. And so, yeah, let's talk about the drawbacks to spending yeah. less. In the example that we give every week, we have a craft beer on the show. And the the reason we have that is because we're prioritizing craft beer. We're prioritizing some things in life now. We're not only saving for the future. And folks could say, uh, well, guys, you could be a little more frugal by eliminating that from your budget. But you know what? For you and me, it's not worth it. Like no. That's something that we're going to include uh, it, because it's important to us. Yeah, what would we gain by cutting it out? <laughs> Just, uh, uh, we'd, we'd be a bummed. Few, a few more bucks. <laughs> yeah, a few more bucks. <laughs> Here and, and there. And a lot more of a bummer to not get to drink the stuff that we are, are super interested in trying. Exactly. Yeah. And so there are certainly things, you know, and specific ways ways to focus on where you can cut back things where it's not moving the needle. But if you are cutting back in, in areas that kind of really hurt, then yeah, you and I, we, we feel that that could have a seriously like negative impact. Right, right. So, okay. If we focus too much on spending less, it can be easy to develop a scarcity mindset, right? This is right. One, of the, one of the downsides of focusing too hard on that one side of the equation. And living with that belief can cause us to relate to money poorly overall, just have a bad relationship with it. Oftentimes, people that, that focus too hard in this direction determine that they have to hoard money when it comes along. They become penny pinchers, maybe a, a stereotype of someone who handles money well, but basically someone that doesn't have any joy that accompanies the uh, what should come along with having financial margin in their lives. Yeah. And this is how having a scarcity mindset, how it can be viewed negatively. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there certainly are a lot of negative associations with the scarcity mindset, but actually, you know, on episode 118, Matt, we talked with Christy Shen and I thought she had some really interesting things to share about what's been positive for her in having a scarcity mindset. And she um, grew up actually incredibly poor in China. And then her family moved to Canada and she was still really poor. Uh, But that scarcity mindset. She credits it in her ability to develop perseverance and adaptability. And I think it's really cool. Like, who am I to disagree with Christy Shen, who right. retired in her early 30s? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that a scarcity mindset, while it can be really harmful and it can lead to that penny-pinching uh, inability to, to find any joy when it comes to your life in regards to personal finances. Yeah, that Gollum lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's also an element to which you, know, you can have a healthy scarcity mindset. And so, yeah, I think that's something that's okay to pursue. It's really all about balance when it comes to how we view cutting back on our spending. Yeah. And in addition to that, too, I mean, that scarcity mindset can like really anchor you to reality, right? Like, I mean, one of the things that it was able to cause her to do was just to be Christy, right? Was it allowed her to be really resourceful and it allowed her to kind of, you know, think outside of the box in, in ways that she could save money. Well, and actually for her, 
so much of her childhood, it was it was out of necessity that she developed that scarcity mindset. There, there was an actual scarcity for her and for her family. Um, and so she had to get creative. And in, in some of our lives, that might be true. There might actually be a scarcity. There might not be enough. Uh, but, but for most people, it's a scarcity mindset. It's not actually having a scarcity of resources. Right. Yeah. So by choosing to, you know, focus on how we could spend less, a lot of times, like one of the disadvantages is that could lead to a lack of focus on the big picture, you know, like a focus on frugality can lead, like you said, to sort of like that penny pinching mindset uh, that is focused on the small things at the expense of the big things in life. You know, this is when, you know, we might cut off our nose to, to spite our face. Like, and, and so we do this by, say, driving two extra miles or maybe uh, <laughs> 20 extra miles in order to save two cents a gallon on gas. Uh, this is when we devalue our time by overprioritizing saving a few bucks here and there. We forget that money is a tool to help us to achieve the important goals that we have for ourselves. And in doing so, uh, you know, we can take the joy out of the journey. And so, you know, while we do look to, you know, to different ways that we can save more money, it is important to remember why it is that you're doing so. Don't lose sight of that big picture. Yeah, another important thing to, to realize when it comes to the spending less side of the equation is that you can only cut so much, right? There comes a point that saving more money isn't possible. If you're already living a, a rice and beans kind of life, how, how can you cut back even more? Uh, basically, if we- Just rice. <laughs> yeah, just rice <laughs> or just beans, yeah. No, no way. I love the rice. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut the beans, only keep the rice. But that's like part of a balanced diet, right? The rice and the beans. If you just have one, true. it's not very healthy. Something about the combination of the two, I think. There's a wallop of nutrients in both rice and beans. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but if you're already living a lifestyle that's so frugal that it could be classified as a rice and beans kind of lifestyle, there's just not much more you can cut in order to increase your savings. And so looking to earning more is is really important and you're being short-sighted if you're not looking in that direction. I think too, Matt, just a quick warning. I think this can be used as an excuse for people to not save more. Oh, I just can't cut back anymore. And, and that is sometimes true for some people. But for a lot of us, there are ways we can cut. We just haven't been thoughtful or, uh, I would or say strategic for, enough. Right, strategic enough. Yeah, I would say for most people, they can cut back. Yes, completely. Yeah. <laughs> and if folks say that they can't, it is more of an actual excuse, not because that's the reality that they're they're facing. Right. Yeah. You and I, we talked recently about like ditching a car in your life. And, and that's the kind of thing where it's strategic. It, it's not easy <laughs> to go from two cars to one car, right? That's not a simple thing to do, but it is possible for a lot of people. And it's one of those things where you can typically cut that out. But there is also the reality, right, that exists when you're focusing on, on this side of the equation that cutting past a certain point provides diminishing returns and it can make money feel like a drudgery. And, and that's not what we're about either. We don't want you to live a lifestyle where you're looking at every single cent that comes in or goes out. We want you to have more freedom and a, a healthier relationship with money that doesn't involve cutting to the bare bones. And by the way, I'm totally fine with people looking at every single cent that comes in and out. <laughs> it's just the matter of like having to make a judgment call Obsess on, on every it. single cent. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm all about uh, tracking it to the penny, buddy. I know you are. <laughs> Another thing, man, in an attempt to save more, you can also end up cheaping out on other things. You know, you might turn down, uh, you know, incredible opportunities to be with people or maybe to go see a friend getting married because of attempts to save more money. I'm thinking about an instance recently when Kate and I were thinking about going on a trip and it looked like I was going to be able to save money by contacting the the lady directly. And guess what? We lost out on the place because I was looking to save like another 10%. Ah, oh, bummer. <laughs> 
uh, that's that's an example that came back to bite me and something that Kate reminded me of recently. <laughs> <laughs> and this isn't to say that like sometimes we don't have to make hard decisions, but you know I think we can have some big regrets over money uh, we were unwilling to spend if it means missing out on you know some possibly really important milestones. It makes me think of the uh, there's this guy that we kind of ran across on Reddit that we heard about who eventually he lost his girlfriend for not spending money uh, to go on a trip with her. I think to maybe see her parents, something like that. Yeah, that's right. But I feel like that's one of the ultimate frugal versus cheaps. <laughs> and that's why we, we always talk about that is because there is more to consider than just the the bottom line, right? Than, than just the, the dollar amount. There are things that you have to weigh. And that's honestly what can be so tricky when it comes to personal finances. Yeah, like the feelings of the person closest to you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. whether or not they're still going to be cool with you if you don't go on that trip with them. <laughs> yeah, those are important things to consider. And and yes, but those relational dynamics are so crucial to you know the happiness that we experience in our lives. And if we are too cheap, um, because we're we're so focused on spending less, we're gonna miss out, and we're gonna let the people closest to us down from time to time. Um, and so, yeah, that is a, a hard balance to strike, but it's an important one to strike. And I think Matt, uh, you know, one more downside to focusing too much on the spending less side of the equation is the extreme focus and discipline that it takes. Willpower is finite, and constantly tracking every penny can become exhausting for people. For some, not me. For (laughs) some, not for you. You're kind of a pro at it. Well, again, I feel like it's less the tracking, and it's it's like the constant, like, okay, am I going to spend money on this, you know? And so, like, when you're constantly, when you have this, like, mental fatigue because you're constantly making judgment calls, like, that's what's hard, or or constantly saying no to, like, these things that could actually bring you joy, but instead you're saying no at every turn. Like, I I think that's when it specifically can can really become exhausting. Yeah, and that's why you know we're fans of automating as, as much of your finances as you can. Yeah. So that there's less of a mental impact that you have to make when it comes to financial decisions. And the great thing is too that making a couple of, of bigger savings decisions can cut your costs for months or years to come. Those are the best kind of savings, the ones that recur, repeat, and that are big in number. But one of the drawbacks to only focusing on spending less is that it can be difficult to do for too long. That again shows the need for balance when it comes to holding these two intention, when we're talking about earning more and spending less, like they're both just wonderful things to do. Um, but it's just really, really hard to say that one is more important than the other. Yeah. So that's why not surprisingly doing both is the answer here. This is the answer to the saving more or the spending less debate. The uh, The easiest way to visualize this is by widening the gap and the uh, the gap between what we bring in and what goes out every month. That gap uh, is your savings rate. And by focusing on the lever of earning more and spending less, we'll be able to develop a larger gap uh, and, and we'll be able to see the greatest return with the least amount of fatigue. Yeah. And then we're, we're holding the abundance and scarcity mindsets in like the proper tension. Yeah. We're not buying in wholeheartedly to one or the other and saying, no, I can always earn more. There's always there's abundance out there um, and I'll always have enough or there's not enough. There's never enough. And I have to hoard everything that comes into my life. Neither of those are super healthy ways to live when it comes to money. So turning both dials, the dial of earning more and of spending less in moderation is the best fit for most people. Holding both in the right esteem is going to breed the best results. But it's not always a perfect balance, right, Matt? And you, you talked about this at the beginning of the episode, that our personalities do come into play here. So yeah, what, what's your take when we're talking about the sales person or the entrepreneurial type who does say, hey, I don't know, man, the earning more thing is just way, way easier for me. Or the extreme frugalite who says, give me more tips. That's the thing I'm best at. Um, how would you suggest people think about the balance given different personality types that exist and different tendencies towards, towards each side of this coin? Yeah, well, we all have different skills, right? We all 
all have different talents. And like, that's fine. Like, that, that's actually great because that's what, <laughs> what makes us individual people. Some people have an incredible ability to use their talents to generate a fantastic income. That's awesome. So maybe put like 80% of your efforts there towards earning, but don't be one of those people who doesn't touch the spending less dial at all. You know, uh, that's what leads to the, the stories we read about uh, where high income earners, where they're living paycheck to paycheck, where they, they feel that they can always. Uh, out earn what it is they're spending. We want to make sure that, uh, yeah, I don't know, like you want to focus on the things that you truly are good at, but at the same time, don't only focus on that. Like a lot of things in life, we want to make sure that we approach that with balance in mind. Yeah, I like that. If you know your own propensity, that you're way more focused in this one direction, we'll put 80% of your efforts there. That's a good rule of thumb. And then the other 20% towards the thing you're not naturally good at because you're going to need to develop some money muscles in that direction, right? And I think the same thing, if you're a frugal mastermind, put 80% of your efforts there because you're obviously really good at it. But then try to focus 20% of your efforts towards knowing your worth, maybe uh, to, to increase your income over time. And I think most people, Matt, are going to probably fall somewhere more along the 50-50 or 60-40 side of the spectrum, which is great. Uh, But it is important to know yourself, know your strengths, and play to those strengths while also being cognizant that both sides of the equation are important. Because if we get too far to one side, too imbalanced, then it it really could lead to financial hardship for us at at some point future point in time. And we want people to be strong in their finances, strong in their earnings, and strong in how much they're able to spend, how much they're able to keep of what they bring in. Yeah. And so maybe a a little awareness exercise for folks to do is like, like you might be thinking through this and you're not totally sure like what side of the fence you would fall on. And I think a good thing to do is maybe think through, like imagine if you got like a big medical bill or like like a massive ongoing expense that you're going to have to quickly come up with a, a way to pay. Think through how it is that you would naturally think cover that expense. I'd steal your credit card. (laughs) I would. I'd sue you. Would you think of ways to maybe cut expenses from your life? Or are you, is your natural inclination to think of ways to earn more money? I think it's important to maybe identify whatever your default is and certainly to pull that lever. But then at the same time, don't forget the rest of the equation. You know, like if your natural inclination is to earn more money, well, don't forget there are some great ways that you could maybe cut some expenses from your life. Or if your natural inclination is to, all right, we're slashing the budget. We're never going to go out to eat again. You can only cut so much from your life. And so instead, maybe like kind of broaden your scope a little bit. Think about ways that you could earn more money. This is one of those areas where I feel like it's just really important to know yourself. Yeah, I, w- I would say um, if I was to run through that mental exercise, it would be that we're going to cut and would be that we're going to stop doing this and stop doing that for a while. And so, yeah, I've learned that about myself over the years that I am naturally more of a frugal person and my brain goes less frequently to how can I increase my earnings. And so I've had to try to kind of push my brain in that direction. I think it's been really good. It's been healthy for me Yeah, because I can tend to be one of those more like 80, 20 people where, where I'm more in on the frugal side. Um, and, and I'd rather be somewhere in like the 60, 40 <laughs> spectrum. And I think it's a great exercise that can kind of help people see where they fall so that they can at least be aware of that bias and, and then they can kind of work towards remedying it. That's right, man. Awareness is the first step. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's get back to the beer that we had on this episode, Matt. This one is called Bad Bunny Pie. Uh, it's uh, interesting fruited sour by the folks at Tripping Animals <laughs> Brewing. So yeah, what, what's your... That's actually the type of beer it's written on the can. Interesting fruited sour. <laughs> <laughs> so it's literally a sour ale with blackberry, cherry, peach, graham cracker, vanilla, and milk sugar. So this, yeah, one of those kitchen sink sours with a lot of stuff in it. Well, what, what were your thoughts on this one? <laughs> well, yeah, just to clarify, it doesn't actually say interesting on the can. That's that's a word that you like to throw in there. But, but I think the reason you did it like is 
is, by the way, you just described it, like kitchen sink kind of beer. <laughs> it's got a lot of different flavors going on, but that doesn't mean it wasn't good, right? Uh, you know, I feel like as I was drinking, the first thing I noticed was the fruit, uh, like right off the bat, like cherry, but then peach, like 100% peach. <laughs> it made me think of those, uh, like the old school peach ring candies that you get at like the, I don't know, like the candy market kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, it's, yeah. it's sitting there in the clear plastic. It's like hanging from the paper at the top. It's a chewy candy. It's covered in sugar. Uh, I could not get past the peach flavors on this one. But at the same time that you're tasting that fruit, there is also kind of vanilla lactose, kind of like milk sugar flavors going on where it just kind of really made it creamy. Like it almost kind of reminded me of a milkshake a little bit. But uh, yeah, I thought the graham cracker too added a nice little touch and it just kind of like a hint of fall time going on okay. so yeah, yeah. I f- feel like it made it kind of a proper sour for the fall uh, and especially because it's trying to conjure up these pie flavors right and man, what's better than having like a fruit pie uh <laughs> you know during this time of year i'm all about it so yeah i was all about this beer too i nice. thought it was really interesting unique um fun and delicious it, it, the fact that it's got vanilla in it, it actually makes me think of like uh, uh apple pie or not apple pie i guess but like cherry pie peach pie a la mode you know it's sort of like when the ice cream is melted a good bit and it's kind of just like all kind of running together yeah, and you've got totally. the filling there and you and at that point you got to switch to the spoon <laughs> <laughs> that's what this beer reminded me of yeah man this was delicious all right uh well that's going to do it for this episode for folks that want show notes for this episode we'll have those up on our website at howtomoney.com and Joel, I feel like this is one of these episodes that can lend itself to conversation. You know, this is one of these episodes that is addressing sort of like the philosophy of money or, you know, in this case, like how it is that we can save more. Like it's, you're going to do one of the two things. You're either going to earn more or you're going to spend less. Or both. Hopefully or both, both at the same time. Exactly. And I feel that this would be a good episode to maybe let a friend know about. You know, this is uh, an episode where we're kind of talking about theory, like the theory of money and how it is that we handle our money. So let a friend know who might be interested in, in, in something like this. And hopefully uh, that sparks some conversation between the two of you and ultimately leads you both to, to doing smarter things with your money. No doubt. All right, man. Well, uh, until next time then, best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast 
is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.